This is an ABC podcast. The Aussie dollar has jumped a cent to 71.4 US cents and it's also at 62 euro cents and 56 British pence. Today's rise caps a few big weeks for the Australian dollar, almost entirely because the US dollar is falling. And that's largely an inverse correlation with the rising number of coronavirus cases in the United States. Traders and economists are getting very worried about the prospects for the American economy. And the US dollar probably has further to fall. Welcome to the Economics Explained podcast. I'm your host, Andy Wang. As you may have guessed from hearing Alan Kohler's market report on the Australian dollar, today we'll be looking at exchange rates, discussing what they are, how they work, and why they are so important. The exchange rate, put simply, is the value of one nation's currency versus the currency of another nation or economic zone. However, as many of you may know, exchange rates go much deeper than this. Australia, like most nations, have chosen to adopt a free floating exchange rate, which will rise and fall based on supply and demand in the market. An example of this would be what we're seeing in the US right now. As COVID-19 cases explode, travel has been stopped and production of products has been postponed, causing the demand of the US dollar to fall and therefore the exchange rate to fall as well. Whilst most major countries adopt a free floating exchange rate, many nations choose to adopt a fixed exchange rate. However, this does not mean that their currency stays at a constant value, rather their currency is pegged to another country, meaning their exchange rate is derived from the exchange rate of another nation, typically being the US dollar or the euro. For example, the Cuban peso is always worth exactly one US dollar, and the Hong Kong dollar is exactly 7.84 times the US dollar. There are many reasons why a country may choose to do this. In the Caribbean, countries peg their currency to the US dollar because their main source of income is derived from paid tourism in dollars. In Africa, most developing or emerging market economies use fixed exchange rates for their currencies. This provides exporting and importing countries more stability and keeps interest rates low. In the Middle East, many countries peg their currency to the US dollar as the oil rich nations need the US as a major trading partner for oil. However, it can be seen that the overarching reason is to maintain a stable currency. Now that we have grasped the concept of fixed and floating exchange rates, it's time to look at how exchange rates are actually determined. Now, many economists have different views on what to focus on when trying to determine exchange rates. So So today we'll be tuning in with Andrew Taylor, Chief Executive of Royal Financial Training in Sydney. Andrew believes that there are three fundamentals to this equation, the macro, the micro, and monetary policy. When you're evaluating all these things and you come through with the the macro, micro, and monetary policy, these are sort of buckets that you create. The macro factors is probably your bigger overall, sort of dominate over other news. They have a global impact and they tend to occur over long periods main one would be the coronavirus pandemic right now. Sure. I mean, yeah, you're exactly right. You've got a walking uh, geopolitical event in himself, President Trump. Uh, you could nominate four or five different things that will uh, be uh, associated with him. Uh, the tariffs is one, a current one at the moment. But you can think of Brexit, North Korea, you know, uh, all these uh, different things going on at the moment and more the geopolitical bigger, bigger events occurring over long periods of time. 
Now, what macro also looks at is risk appetite or the market sentiment for the future. Terms used are mostly risk on and risk off. With the risk on, uh, you're looking at where the economy is looking more uh, optimistic. Uh, the future prospects are great. The, the investment capital starts to flow in and chase that optimism. They tend to be higher yielding types of assets. So we're talking things like the Australian dollar, commodities, equities, New Zealand dollar, these sorts of things. That's the optimistic risk on approach when that market comes. Then conversely, you've got the risk off approach. So here we've got where uh, that optimism has escaped. There's more negative, there's more uncertainty in, in the field, in the market. So what uh, people tend to seek, these low risk sort of assets that um, tend to be safe havens. Things like the Japanese yen, US treasuries are a couple of examples of that. So Next on the bucket list, we're looking at the micro. Micro factors, you're looking at the daily snapshots, the weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly data releases that get uh, distributed amongst the market. They can range from so many different variations of, of what people think are important or not important. And this is the challenge as a trader is trying to uh, segment these and work out what is important. I, personally, I like, um, I, I bucket them into labor market, uh, into inflation, manufacturers and services, uh, and also sentiment. So each one of these will give us some sort of insight into how we can see an economy is going. For example, the labor market, the, the cornerstone of any, any economy really, if you've got optimism around jobs and growth, people will feel confident about uh, what's going on. They'll be comfortable to go out and borrow and spend and again, helps with the growth picture. So uh, that, that's a key one. Labor market's a key one. Inflation is something that's quite strong as well. It's, it's actually a mandate of the central banks, the reserve bank, to keep between two to three percent per annum. And what's key about this is that it looks to ensure that there is an underlying positive nature uh, where inflationary pressures are, are on the rise for at least two to three percent per annum. Lastly, we're looking at what most economists seem to focus on, monetary policy. Monetary policy for me is probably the biggest element within that puzzle. You know, they obviously have their monthly meeting that, that determine the cash rate. That's one thing, sure. But for me, I look at uh, personally the policy statements that come out, uh, the rhetoric behind what they're saying, what they're looking at, any factors that they're looking at in future. I mean, these are all key insights into the central bank who can have an effect on how a country spends or not spends. Now for the billion dollar question. Do we want high exchange rates or low exchange rates? Well, it actually depends on who you ask. However, the general consensus in Australia is that a lower dollar will boost exports as it becomes cheaper for other nations to purchase Australian goods, making us more competitive in the global market, therefore creating greater demand for Australian products, generating economic activity for Australia. However, a dollar that is too low, too low will make products from other countries ridiculously expensive, or in other words, diminishing the purchasing power of the Australian dollar. And although this limits imports, many Australian businesses need to import equipment. If you think about the mining and agricultural sector, the trucks and tractors needed, to, needed for, for the business can't be too expensive, otherwise it makes it impossible for businesses in Australia to operate. Now you may understand why exchange rate is so important. If you, if you are still a bit confused, here's a quick recap. For smaller nations, a fixed exchange rate ensures stability, and the floating exchange rate ensures a free market. The exchange rate is determined through three facets. The macro is the big picture and global events. The micro represents domestic affairs, and the monetary policy is the interest rate and what comes out of the RBA. Exchange rates represents the purchasing, purchasing 
power and influences interest rates, income, employment, exchange rates, and allows us to do what has made us such advanced species, and that is to trade. That's all from me. A huge thanks to Andrew, and thanks for listening.